Thank you so much for listening to this pre-recorded episode of Agent Chat Live. Agent Chat Live is a spin-off of Pub Talk Live. To find out more about both shows, visit pubtalk.live. Thank you so much to my Patreon podcast sponsors, Brenda Drake and Reframe. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Agent Chat Live. It has been a little while since we did one of these, so uh, welcome back if you've been here before, and welcome if you are new to Agent Chat Live. I just have a couple announcements before I bring our guest on. Um, Pub Talk Live this Saturday is going to feature guest host Leah Hong and special guest Sienna Consul, who is the Associate Director of Publicity at Little Brown Young Readers. So if you have any uh, questions about how publicity works at a large publisher, make sure you tune in for that. That's at 9 p.m. the regular time, and you can find it on my channel. And if you haven't already uh, checked out my po podcast, Queries, Qualms, and Quirks, asks published authors to share their successful query letter and discuss their journey from first spark to date of publication. Last week featured fantasy author Rebecca Inzor, and the episode coming this Thursday is with a young adult rom-com writer who I met at RT a couple of years ago. So um, make sure you check that out if you're a podcast listener. And we're going to go ahead and get started. Gemsco Gem Chambers Black is an associate agent at the Andrea Brown Literary Agency. But before joining the publishing industry, she was an assistant director for film and television. Her love for books prevailed and she went back to school to earn her MFA in English literature and creative writing and fiction. Jem represents a diverse client list of illustrators, picture book, picture books by referral only, middle grade, young adult, and adult authors. Across the board and regardless of age group or genre, Jem is interested in writing that contains authentic emotional resonance, whether it brings on the giggles or tears or both. And you can find a link to her website and Twitter and Instagram in the description. So please welcome Jem. Hi. Hi. Hiya. Welcome to Agent Chat Live. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like almost my niece's bedtime. So if we hear any children screaming, that's what's going on. <laughs> Don't worry about I, it. I, I, I kind of heard a little bit already. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. I have three kids. So if you oh. hear, then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're two and six. So they're um, the, the two-year-old especially does not like to go to bed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who likes to go to bed until you're an adult and you need it? Yeah, even so, I don't like to go to bed. <laughs> I'm a night owl. I used to be until like COVID hours, and now mm. I'm up early. It's definitely made me worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, Catherine said, hey, Jem. Hey. Tamika said, happy to watch. Hello, everyone. Oh, there it goes. All right, so my goal for Agent Chat Live <laughs> is to help potential clients get to know you a little bit better. Uh, viewers, by the way, are welcome to drop questions in the comments, but I do want to say to start off that I won't really be asking any questions that like a Google search or like any agent can answer. So things like word count, genre definitions, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I also will be asking what I like to call pre-queries. And so those are like, uh, would you be interested in my YA book about mermaids in space? I don't have a YA book about mermaids in space. That's just the example I use. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we're going to start off with a kind of an easy one. Uh, and I covered it a little bit in your bio, but if you want to expand okay. a little bit, what categories and genres do you represent? 
Okay, so I represent, I feel like everything from illustrators, picture books, and you did say by referral only for now, um, middle grade, YA, and up to adult. Um, in middle grade, I like contemporary and fantasy, YA the same, but I also like romance and that's my jam. So I like that um, as well as in the adult space. I would love mystery, suspense, crime fiction. And if anybody would write a Golden Girls with a dead body, <laughs> that would be. I, I want to read friend. it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would be your best friend. Um, but yeah, I feel like I, I I'm open to a lot of things. It's more about what I don't represent. And right now, that's sci-fi and historical. Although I hate to say that I'm not open to it because that'll be the time where I find something that's really great in those. But just for my sanity and for my query box, if I'm open to everything, it'll balloon and yeah. Yeah, I always say that I like everything but horror and historical, but then every historical novel I read, I really like, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard, but I think if you read it in like, bigger numbers, um, yeah. especially because at first I was open to it and I was getting a lot of, you know, World War II mm. era, like 1940s that, I mean, maybe if I got some 1980s or 90s, cause that's still historical. Um, but I was getting, yeah, I was getting a lot of World War II or ancient civilization. And I said, okay, mm. not for me. Yeah, I actually, I know agents who represent historical and they'll say, except for World War II. So I think yeah, um, <laughs> you're not the only one there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stan said Golden Girls meets Matlock. <laughs> oh yeah, let's do it. I want to show that. <laughs> Let's do it. And Stan, if that's a, if it's a graphic novel, I'll take it too. Oh so. my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so why and how did you get into agenting? Hmm. Okay. Well, I guess the why, <sighs> these are hard. So, okay. I, I love storytelling. And I, I guess all of us do, that's why we're here. But, you know, before when I worked in film and television and I, you know, there was a point where I was eight months pregnant and on set and I was thinking, wow, I don't know if I could do this until retirement, you know, being on set 12, 15 hours a day. Can you imagine like a 70 year old yelling like, <laughs> quiet on the set and like, you know, all of those things. And I was just thinking, I can't do this until retirement. So what else can I do where I'm staying in, you know, a passion field, which is when I went to get my MFA and we would have editors and agents visit as, as you do in MFA programs. And all the other MFAers were asking, you know, how do I get an agent? And I was kind of like, well, how, how do you become an agent? Um, so, um, and then, so I guess from bottom of 2017, beginning of 2018, I was applying everywhere. And at this point, I'm applying for internships for free work because it was unpaid then. Um, and still getting either no con, like no one was reaching out or when they would, they would say, oh, you're overqualified. Um, so it took a, it took a minute. I was attending writers conferences and talking to agents instead of, you know, pitching 
you know, my work, I'm more like pitching myself, like, are you hiring? Um, and I ended up meeting Tara Gilbert, who works at JBLA. Um, and so when she was at another agency, they were hiring for an intern and I, I, I applied and I, I finally got it. It took me, I feel like three years, three and a half years for free work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you probably saw my tweets. I was like uh, in the yes, same situation. And I, I shared have, it. I've been yeah, asking. thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I, I actually did get an unpaid internship. Someone. Um, Yay, yeah. But so, unpaid. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. It's like an agent that I know and have worked with and um, yeah, she just kind of messaged me and she's like, I'd love to work with you. I can't pay anyone right now. Yeah. And she's not in like my top genres, but she is in a genre that I like. And so she's really cool about it. She's like, if you want to keep looking while we're working together, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah, and so I'm just really excited. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, congratulations! No, Thanks. still, I'm like celebrate the baby steps because yeah. it takes forever. I mean, it's yeah. it, it takes forever on all sides, even for an author. Um, mm -hmm. This this is the publishing industry. Everything is like slow, um, and a lot of rejections, a lot of no's. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's outstanding that it takes that long, both for authors and for agents. Mm -hmm. To get a position that, like, you don't make very much money. <laughs> you don't say, no. Because <laughs> even when you get to the agent stage, it takes years before you're actually making money. You're, like, you are, I'm essentially working the same hours I did at film and television, except for I can sit down. Um, <laughs> um, the difference is I was in a union. I was in the director's guild. Mm. I'm still in it. But I'm, I was making union wages, and I'm making hardly nothing at first yeah. and so so there's a there's a big difference but I feel like if you love it mm -hmm. you'll you'll work it out you'll hustle and you'll work it out yeah um Tamara's here Tamara's tuning in from Australia and she has a question that she sometimes asks I'm going to go ahead and ask it in her honor uh if you could work with another already published author say they you know their agent left the business or whatever you had the opportunity to work with them who would it be Oh, there's a bunch, but um, <laughs> I would say anything Brett Bennett writes, mm. Jenny Ophel. Um, I just started reading um, Talia uh, Hibbert's books. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know where I've been, but I just have picked them up. They're so good. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, there's a there's more in the kids space too. Some names I'm not going to name because they're represented by my colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not poaching. Yeah. Um, but um, BB Olsten, there's mm. there's a bunch of uh, of authors um, yeah. that I won't say because I follow them on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Manifest that though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So I have to preface this question because I find if I ask it straight out, people tend to be a little too humble. So don't be humble. Okay. Um, so I'm going to give you a chance to brag about yourself. So take advantage of it. If someone is thinking about querying you and your wish list lines up with their work, why should someone query you? Why would you be a good agent for them? <sighs> this is hard. This is not an eat. Like, I feel like as an agent, you spend more time talking up your clients than you do yourself. Yeah. Um, I guess 
you know, there's something to say about being new. So you're hungry, but also I'm greedy, but like in a good way, in a good way. So, you know, if a client I have, you know, the, an editor or an art director has an offer for the client and I'm kind of like, oh, thank you. That's a really pretty number there, but can we have more? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm also, I, I feel like I, I'm really nice, I promise, but not when I, like if I need to be a little bit more aggressive or I need to step in and be an advocate for my client, I'm not afraid to do that. Um, and also, I, I, I mean, I come from a film and television background, not just my work, but you know, my whole family. So it's kind of something I was raised in. And that means I come with film and television context. So uh, as soon as COVID's that's over. It. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to like, just go up the street to Universal or, you know, ABC Disney or Paramount or any of the the studios and, and pitch work. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I just recorded a podcast interview with someone today and they asked, you know, if, if you really don't agree with your edits, what do you do? And I'm like, that's why I have an agent. Like, <laughs> you, you have an agent to do the hard stuff. Like, yeah, just step in and say, nah, okay, but. Yeah. No, you um, may not. All right. So we have a question from Patreon supporter Lodestar. So Patreon supporters who support at $5 a month or more can submit questions ahead of time. And he wanted to know, what is your favorite media representation of witches? Huh. Okay. So I love all kinds of witches and I'm not young. So if we're talking like during the Buffy, the vampire, like the witches that were in Buffy or even Charmed, that, oh, time, Charmed. that era. <laughs> or if we're talking now, like I like um, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, like mm. those kind of, like I like the darker stuff, but I also mm. like kind of the lighter, kitty, goofy stuff too. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you read Year of the Witching? I haven't. I, I read haven't. it. Um, Is it scary? It's scary, right? So that, that was it's my... Hard. That right? was my hesitation is I was told that it was scary. That it was horror. Um, but people kept saying it was so good. And so, and I, I know the person who mentored her in pitch wars Yeah, and she kept saying how good it was. And um, yeah, so I finally read it and there are some scary bits, but I, I'm a huge scaredy cat. Like, like some of the okay. Harry Potter movies I can't watch. They're too scary. <laughs> like I'm really, really a scaredy cat. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. And I, I was fine with it. Um, Cause it's, it's like, there's like monsters. I'm not usually, I'm not usually scared by like monster type things. Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely but, check it out when yeah. I have the free time to read. Yeah, right. I listen to the <laughs> audiobook if that helps. <laughs> um, I try to. It just depends depends on who is the actor. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're 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 a little dry for me. Mm -hmm. Um and I like the reading myself. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna try it though. Yeah, I just get most of my pleasure reading in through audiobooks because it's yeah. like I can listen to audiobooks when I can't be doing other work. Because yeah. mm -hmm. every time I would be able to read a book. I'm like, well, I should be doing other work. <laughs> <laughs> right. Who has time for pleasure? Yeah. <laughs> pleasure reading. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I got a little lost. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I asked this question 
And it's another question with a caveat. I'm sorry. There's three of them. Um, okay. And it's, so usually when this question is asked, it's like, if you had a magic wand, what would you change about the industry? But I am a very pragmatic person and like the yeah. way that question is asked. So like, yeah, realistically, let's say you're like the CEO of the upcoming like major conglomeration of Penguin Random House, Simon Schuster, <laughs> Hachette, like everyone, however it's going to end up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and you had the ability to make a major change in the industry. What do you think you would change? <sighs> like one thing? <laughs> you what? can have two if you want. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I think, you know, we have this, this big conversation and, and I think it's much bigger, you know, 2020 and on um, about diversity and publishing. And I think that the way to do that is to start with, you know, the behind the scenes, not just the creators, because I feel like we have this big shout out for, you know, we want BIPOC and LGBTQ and like, you know, neurodiversity. Um, but I think it needs to start behind the scenes. And the way to do that is probably better wages, because I feel like I'm hearing 30,000, 35,000. I mean, I could go mm -hmm. to McDonald's and make more money yeah. um, in California. But I think it's also, it's not just about livable wages. It's also about remote working. And I mm -hmm. think COVID is kind of showing that. But if if we have remote, then we'll get more diversity, people who can, you know, who don't have to live in New York. Um, because that was a big thing of why I didn't go into publishing with my first career is because I didn't want to move to New York. Um, so I think that that's probably where to start. Yeah. And then hopefully it'll trickle down. Um, and it also make it a safe space for authors to and illustrators um, because you have more people giving you feedback. Um, it makes it safer when mm -hmm. you're, you know, giving editorial feedback for culture or, you know, anything that's outside of themselves really. Yeah. 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 I definitely agree. Um, and even me, like I, I'm in the position where I don't mind moving to New York, but the math doesn't work. Like there's no way that I can afford on assistant salary to live in New York city without help. And I don't have help, you know, you mean without living with four other roommates and yeah. like a tiny, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> like, no thanks. I, I definitely couldn't have done it, which I'm glad on the agenting side, you cut, you can be remote. Most of us have been working remote like the whole mm -hmm. time. Um, I, I just wish I, I see that on the editor side, not just the editor side, but marketing and promotion, like e everywhere, um, yeah. in the house, like the publishing houses. Yeah. You're, um, I'm the book I'm working on right now is, uh, a set in a very small town in Texas based mm -hmm. on the town that I went to high school at. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I had sent the first couple of chapters to my agent just to get like, kind of, you know, how do you feel about this? And my agent is great, by the way, but she's like always lived in cities. And so the main character, one of the main characters is on the cheerleading team. Yeah. And so in, in towns like that, so it's like, there were less than 50 people in my high school. That's that's the size of school that we're talking about, right? Yeah, that's so the, like the people who are there, they just do what's available, right? And you have people who are like in the band and also on the football team and also, you know, in <laughs> theater and whatever. Um, and she's like, Oh, well, cheerleading seems kind of like, um, 
what's the word? Uh, cliche, right? Um, yeah. Maybe she can be on the dance team. And I'm like, there's no, there's, there's no, no dance, dance team. <laughs> there's like, there's not yeah, even there's a tennis no team. team. Like, yeah, yeah. They play Iron Man football. Like, there's. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. But I and, mean, that's that's proof, though. And that's like, like, but so that has me thinking, like, when this goes to editors, they're gonna have the same. They're they're not gonna be able to imagine a town that's literally, you know, there are six hundred people in this town, essentially. Yeah. And it's like, that's gonna. I think that's gonna be a stumbling block block of them connecting with it. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, there's a similar story to that, even where there was a picture book that no one connected to on the editorial team because no one came from a divorced family. Oh, like wow. that, this is like how crazy when we say diversity, we don't just mean like race and ethnicity. We also, we mean all of the things because that's kind of, since it is gatekeeping, it's kind of stopping um, books where where kids can see representation and you think about just divorced parent divorced parents that's like a third of yeah it's children a lot. out there yeah <laughs> like to see to see you know i don't know just in a picture book i don't know what the picture book was about but like just to see maybe them packing up and going to a different parent's house for the weekend mm -hmm. um i yeah. don't know yeah all right um so that's that's a that's a big there's no magic wand but um yeah. yes <laughs> hopefully i can see uh the diversification and i think yeah. the other part of it too is i've been faced with this recently where it's like well if you can't come to new york like one thing that will really help you is doing like the Dif denver publishing institute which is like seven thousand dollars to attend and it's like this <laughs> like people can't do all this you right know? yeah yeah there's like, a very specific okay. subset of the population that can do this kind of stuff right and you're you're still just not going to get diversity for the people who yeah. can do that you know so mm -hmm. yeah yeah all right so if you sign a client what can they expect after that what does that process look like um you know what kind of communication do you have with them what happens yeah. after the signing a lot. I, I, I always, you know, ask my new clients for forgiveness because, well, first of all, I'm, I'm a rambler and I like to talk and I'm like, you know, I'm asking them for, please don't, I mean, I hope you sign with me, but don't sign with me if you're looking for an agent who is not going to need, like, want to talk to you a lot. So I put my I put my clients in Slack and we t we talk a lot, but I also want them to also talk to each other, um, even separate from me, rooting for each other. I, I need the family culture, and that's why I chose um, Andrea Brown because of my colleagues. But I want the same for my clients. But also, when they first sign with me, there's a lot of emails, a lot of onboarding, um, but I also like to jump back on a call and ask publishing goals. Like what are your short term? What are your long term publishing goals? Um, even we even talk finances. Um, if you want to set like if you want to like leave your day job eventually and move into just this, whether it's illustrating or, or being an author, then what does that mean? How much do you need to make per year? Like we, we need to think about all of the things, um, but pretty much I am in constant contact. And if I'm not, I'm always like, wait, where are you? Don't you want to 
hop on Zoom. Um, so yeah, I, I like I like talking all the time. I like you know breaking story if they want to talk about that or sharing synopsis of a new you know new work or let's break story whatever they need me for I'm I'm open. That that sounds really great. Yeah, I um, because of my position with Pitch Wars, I get uh-huh. a lot of DMs from writers asking about agent things. You know, like is yeah. this normal? Is this okay? Um, and, and one that happened recently was basically the agent, um, was interested in this one project and, and isn't able to sell it. And so they're like ending the relationship and they're like, is this, Uh is this normal? I'm like, well, it happens. (laughs) It does. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's like, it's something you can kind of gauge pretty early on. Cause if someone is like you and having those conversations with them, um, it's a better bet that they're kind of in it for the long term versus um, a particular project. Yeah, I mean, some I feel like a lot of agents are transparent if they want to just sign for the project, and they'll mm-hmm. say, "Like, I'm just signing you for this." And you know, if a potential client will ask, "Well, what if I, you know, write outside of the genre that you're signing me for?" and they're like, "Well, fire me," or whatever yeah. they say, they're they're usually really honest about that. But yeah, I the 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 client agent breakup, no matter who does it, is always heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, that that part's. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's inevitable. Like you you just prepare for another you know version mm-hmm. of some form of rejection down the line. But I'm hoping none of us have to deal with it. Like. Yeah, rejection yeah. never stops. <laughs> like, it's almost like, why do we sign up for it? What's wrong with us? But yeah. I mean, I love it. it. You know, you you live with the rejections, and sometimes you have bad days, and you like cry it out, and then you you get over it. But then you get the win when you do mm-hmm. either like get a client who said yes during a beauty contest, or uh, you get offer like you know your clients get offers on their books, and you just that I feel like just. Yeah. kind of overweighs all the other rejection the way you describe it almost sounds like like gamblers like they're addicted <laughs> to the highs uh, I, I mean maybe that's what it is <laughs> all right let's take a question from the audience Catherine had asked how polished do you want a manuscript to be when it's queried i mean this is hard to to, mm-hmm. to answer too because uh, I feel like when it comes to writers, there's different, there's just different versions of what we've also had access to. Some people, ha- you know, have MFAs and PhDs and like all kinds of things or they're professional writers. Um, and so there's different levels. So here's the thing. I just look for a premise or characters or world or the story that I fall in love with. And if it needs work, I kind of ask myself, do I have the time, especially right now with my kids at home during the day, like, do I have time with, you know, my other workload to work to polish it? So it just depends. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yes, I, I, I love polished manuscripts, but here's the thing. Most of the time we think that they're polished and they're not really not that, you know, it, it needs a couple more passes and I'm not afraid to dig in and like, you know, tell a client like, Hey, we, we've probably got two or three more rounds to go before we go on submission. Um, 
but I am willing to put in the work for something I fall in love with that I know just might need a bit more work Mm -hmm. than the average. Yeah. Of course, that's not permission to just like submit your first draft. No, to no, 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 please, no, please. I mean, even even my clients, like I ask not to see first drafts. I mean, well, yes, if they're, you know, in the planning stages and we're, you know, can you look at this chapter really quickly or that kind of stuff? I'm I'm down. But, you know, you you don't want to do that to to your agent, usually because we really only have maybe three or four rounds, editorial rounds in, in us before we lose that edge and mm-hmm. we were too close to the story or to the characters to even give you anything worthwhile after that. So it is best to get it to as far as you think you can um, without that industry help um, before you query. Yeah. Um, it looks like one of your clients is here, Kate. Hi, Kate. <laughs> I'm guessing Kate is also on the other side of the world. She's in the Philippines. <laughs> oh, she's, okay. she's yeah. far, far, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so it's time for the quick round. Um, so just if you could give me just kind of a quick answer on these things. They're fun. They're not agent-related, really. Okay. Um, <laughs> I guess it'll be hard then. <laughs> they might be hard. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, the first one is actually a remnant from I'm terrible at naming things. And so when I was coming up with the concept for this show, I had asked my Patreon supporters for, for name suggestions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted something that kind of conveyed like the casual atmosphere of it. And Lodestar had suggested snack time with an agent, which I really <laughs> liked. But I also thought it implied like it was kid lit only. So I decided ultimately oh, not yeah, to go yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this question is left over from it. By the way, he later told me that I think this is the first time I've said this. He later told me he really wanted to be called tea time with an agent, but he knows I don't like tea. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would have worked too, but yeah, you're yeah. <laughs> no tea. All right. I'm from the South, so I could drink iced tea. Um, anyway, <laughs> the, the question is, what is your favorite snack? Um... I mean, maybe my stomach doesn't like it, but my favorite snack is Cheez-Its. Like, I'm kind of obsessed. (laughs) Yeah, I'm obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I have a soy allergy, so I can only eat so many of them, but I love them so much. Oh, yeah, exactly. They're so good. Yeah. All right. What is your preferred caffeine source? Coffee, but I don't know if you could call it coffee after I'm done with it. like candy <laughs> instead um it's so much cream and so like flavored cream in, mm-hmm. but yes I, I need it because I wake up at 4 30 5 o'clock oh my god thing. yeah I know I'm sorry sometimes sorry, I go to bed at 4 30 <laughs> <laughs> I I wish I could do it the opposite way but it's the best way for me not to be grumpy grouchy nobody mm-hmm. wants a grumpy grouchy agent in a query yeah. box so and I'm sure like the kids impact your schedule quite a bit. So. Yeah, they do. They do with their school. Yeah. All right. Do you have a word that you irrationally hate? Oh yeah. I have a couple, but I the worst one is bulbous. Like if oh. somebody describes somebody's nose that way, or like I'm just like, even when you say it, I'm like, oh who is a good one? That? Who invented yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> good answer. Yeah. All right. Uh, is there a person that you don't, uh, you think that they haven't written one that you would like to read a memoir from? No. Uh, 
Has LeVar Burton, does he have a memoir? I don't know. We're gonna, if, if you don't know, then it's, <laughs> it's valid for the question. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't think he does, but if he does, I missed it. But I would, I would be interested in that. Yeah, that's a yeah. good one. All right, and finally, who is your favorite superhero? Um, I like a lot of superheroes. Um, maybe I guess my first one ever would be Storm because mm -hmm. I, I liked X Men when I was when I was younger. Like, I mean, I like it now, but I yeah. I was watching the cartoons. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. All right, that was the end of the quick round. Oh, okay. So not so not so bad. Not so yeah. bad. Um, Catherine asked, "Do you not mind having authors who write in multiple genres?" Um, I have a couple of clients who write in multiple genres. Uh, one client who writes picture books, and she has a middle grade novel in verse. Um, Kate, who's here, she writes YA and um, adult um, romance, but and it's, I would say her adults are kind of, you know, 20-ish. So I, I feel like they're kind of the same, but there's that cutoff for, for YA mm -hmm. and um, an adult. Um, so I don't mind it. I just, we have to have a plan in place um, and, and kind of discuss. But with Kate, she was already writing. I'm not her first agent. Mm -hmm. um, but, and I don't know what happened in that relationship, but I'm glad she found her way to me. So <laughs> <laughs> that agent's loss and my win. Um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't mind it. Um, there just has to be a plan and I have to, um, I'm not gonna say I have to agree, but you know, make sure that the voice kind of matches um, mm -hmm. because they're doing different things. Each age group is doing different things. And as far as genres go, um, the same. I mean, a contemporary mm -hmm. and a fantasy don't really have the same same voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kate said, totally blushing here. I just remembered you. Know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I, I will be distracted. And I see well, like, hopefully the says 23 and I'm like, no. Yeah. Hopefully whatever happened with Kate will also happen with, was it Britt Bennett that you wanted? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know who her agent is. I mean, yeah. maybe she's lovely, I don't know either. I would I'm sure it. they're great. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so what is your single best, this is like the only querying advice I asked the whole time, by the way. What is your single best query letter tip? Query letter, not the actual sample. Mm -hmm. I think simplify shorter is better so i'm reading so many queries that i find some of them are long-winded uh like i think there was one that had like nine paragraphs and i don't there i don't need to know all of that i feel like i just need genre word count title mm -hmm. and then tell me uh you know in a paragraph or two the really good stuff about yeah. your book. And if I want to know the long-winded stuff, I'll look at your bio, which also is, you know, a separate um, area in my query manager. And then, you know, or the synopsis, I'll read the, the two pages, but concise is the best, the best tip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I read Slash before, a lot of query letters are way too um long and they're, they're i think it's because writers are like i need to 
put everything that is good about my book in this query letter. Yeah. When that's not really the job of a query letter. No, it's not. And I feel like it's kind of a red flag for me. It just makes me think that if there's extra filler in that letter, mm. then there might be extra filler in your writing um, itself. And so it's not that I'm not going to read your sample. I want to read the sample because some people don't write some authors don't write good query letters or mm -hmm. cannot pitch themselves very well. And that's fine um, yeah. too, because I'll do the pitching. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's really hard. It is really hard to kind of take your book, your whole novel and stick it into two paragraphs. I get it. Mm -hmm. um, but it it is, you know, sort of a, a red flag. And it is something that when I go into the sample, I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like one thing that I'm like thinking in the back of my mind. Um, how how much yeah. extra do you have in here? Yeah, so more like a yellow flag then. <laughs> yes, I guess so. Yeah, a yellow, <laughs> like a maybe. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, Stan had asked, um, "How do you feel about books with thirteen to fourteen year old protagonists?" I've heard publishing doesn't know how to market a book with this. I mean, I guess, but I kind of am looking for that. I I think, and it's not just 13 and 14, it's also 15. Like though that age range is kind of missing. Like we go from like 11 and 12 and middle mm -hmm. grade and then 16, 18. Um, and maybe it's because no one wants to revisit freshman year <laughs> of high school. Everybody's like, no, nah, that sucks. Um, but I do think that, you know, readers, don't really care about our the business side of things they want they want to see representation and if they're about to go through you know because usually it's you're reading up so if a 12 or 13 year old want to know about high school the beginning of high school well that sucks it's missing yeah yeah i'd fight for it if i found something great that i loved i'd fight yeah yeah i think i think maybe a book that is kind of about that adjusting to high school as a freshman yeah, might do a little bit better than just like a book that could be set with, you that know, age. a little bit older or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Where am I at? Okay. What is your favorite thing about being a literary agent? Um, I have a lot of favorite things, but I, <laughs> it's really hard. I mean, obviously I love the reading, but I think it's more about the interaction with people and talking about the books. Um, so, you know, I guess that's my favorite thing. It's like, you know, obviously I'm a new agent and so I'm not making great money, but eventually I'm making money to read. And so that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I think it's working with working with my clients. That's my favorite thing. It is um, helping them not only brand themselves, but kind of create a, this career that they that they're you know dreaming of. All right, Catherine. I think this might be our last question. Catherine asks, "What happens if you take on a client who had an agent, but that agent didn't sell the book they offered rep on?" Um, okay. So I, I, I have this situation. Um, well, it's just, you look at their, um, their sub lists. Um, you also look at, you know, what revisions can be made to kind of freshen it, to make it new, um, and different. Um, and maybe sometimes you think if it's 
um, a little too soon, you might sit on it for, for a while. Um, but I think that most of the time, at least in, in my experience, the agent didn't take it out very wide. So we still have a lot more um, people that we can go to. Um, and then I'll look at it too. I'll look at, you know, the editors that they did send it to in the wish list. And a lot of times it didn't even match up. They weren't targeting, but targeting the, the right editor for the work. So I haven't had like a really bad experience with it. I feel like um, the experience I have had went and sold that that book it was picture book so it's not we're not talking about novels um but i think with novels you have a much bigger range to revise and make it almost you know a different book um all right let's let's go ahead and take tamika's question and then and then that's it <laughs> tamika asks uh what piques your interest now for illustration for illustrations, I'm always looking for, you know, a really unique color work or a distinct style um, because I don't want my clients competing with each other for, for jobs. Um, I'm also looking for, and this is another thing that I'm a little weird when it comes to illustration illustrators, they'll, they'll query me and I'll sit on it for a month or two and I just kind of creep. Sorry, <laughs> I creep in their Instagram and their Twitter and I see how often they're posting and what they're posting. And um, if I know how to promote their work um, in a way that, you know, they're gonna see work, they're gonna actually, um, you know, get offered on jobs and projects because I, I, I've seen, I've come across really great artwork but I'm not sure how to break that illustrator out. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're querying me and your illustrator, just know that I'm probably sitting on it. You haven't heard from me. I am, I promise I'm paying attention <laughs> <laughs> like a little creeper. Um, but, <laughs> but yes, I'm, I'm definitely looking for, and, and I also look at things like facial expressions. Do you have a diverse range of that, um, scene work and not just character development? Um, a lot, I'm looking for a lot of <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah sorry I my, eye, my eye itched uh, Catherine, Catherine said about the last question um, thanks so much for answering that it's a personal situation I find myself in and I, I just remember the um, next episode of Corey's Qualms and Quirks the author actually had a book that she was represented with and it was shopped very widely um, and she had pretty much given up on it and she found a way. So tune in Thursday if you want to hear the rest of that story. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, I feel like I love hearing those stories because a lot of people get discouraged and mm -hmm. I get why. I mean, there's, you're getting tons of rejection. And then if, you know, you also leave your agent and now what do you do? Yeah. Um, so happy ending. That. Yeah, yeah. There's actually a moment um, I I saved as like a, a clip that I can put on social media, um, where she had actually pretty much I not given up. She was like, I mm -hmm. need to take a break. Yeah. Um, and the next day, literally the next day, she got <laughs> an offer. So that's awesome. Yeah. All right, um, Jem. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, thanks for having me. Thank you for wearing headphones. Jem doesn't normally <laughs> yeah, like to wear headphones. I was like, yeah, I can't. <laughs> like um, you could see me messing with it. I'm yeah. sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, but we it, the sound wasn't good without them, so yeah. she 
she's suffering for everyone's <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah you can find more information about gem in the description down below uh including twitter and instagram and you can also find a link to support the show and other things i do on patreon uh thank you so much for everyone tuning in if you're watching the replay thanks for listening or watching and uh this also gets syndicated as a podcast so if you listen on the podcast version i appreciate you however you uh That's consume awesome. the show so uh, bye, everyone. Have a good night. Stay safe. Wash your hands. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> bye. If you're enjoying this show, please check out my other podcast, Queries, Qualms, and Quirks. Queries, Qualms, and Quirks asks published authors to share their successful query letter and discuss their journey from first spark to day of publication. I interview authors of all genres about how they got started writing, getting their book deal, and their experiences with publication. Search for it on your favorite podcast app.